I want you to go to Deuteronomy, then we're going to go just a few pages to the right to Joshua chapter 24. And then we're going all the way to the New Testament. I'll guide you through John chapter 14. For the word of the Lord this morning, let's start in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Uh, let's listen to what the Lord says to Israel through this time of Moses. It's important. Just a couple of verses to start with. Deuteronomy Chapter 4, verse 1. Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God your fathers is giving you. Notice that present tense verb is giving. God had it planned. How many of you know God's got a plan for your life? Verse 2, you shall not add to the word. You can read this again in Revelation you cannot add to the word that I, which I command, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Let's drop down to verse 6. Therefore, be careful to observe them, meaning the statutes and laws of God, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Verse 7 is a question. Listen. I want to apply that, I hope, without doing an injustice to the Scripture, but at least consider. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon Him. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself. You can read that again in Jude. Keep yourself, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Watch this, and teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. Those are powerful words, aren't they? Let's drop over about 30 pages or so to the right to Joshua 24. Joshua now talks. He follows Moses. The law was given, and now Joshua's the leader. Listen to the words to a people who will now finish the journey that God promised Israel under Moses. Joshua 24, 1. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and call for the elders of Israel, for their heads and their judges and for their officers, and they presented themselves before the Lord. Drop down, if you will, to verse 13. Listen to what God spoke through Joshua to Israel before they go to the promised land. I have given you a land for which you did not labor. I think those are powerful words. I want to tell you, God wants to bless us if we're in obedience to Him. I will give you a land which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. 
whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. I love this statement. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Aren't you glad he's Lord of all of them? So the people answered and said, Be it far from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And the Lord our God, it is He who brought us out, brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sights and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. What miraculous history for Israel. Go with me, if you will, to verse 25. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. When Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us. I'm going to say this in my message a little bit. You know why? Because we forget. I want this rock, he is saying, to witness. For it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. The rock didn't really hear it maybe, but they heard it. And it was to remind them of what God had said. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you not just forget, but deny your God. Wow. Those are strong words, huh? Let's go over to the New Testament, John chapter 14. One verse that I want to add, this verse, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I want to declare the Holy Spirit has a voice. And He wants to speak to us even in this late day. Let it be done by the Spirit and by His Word. Can you say amen? Father, just touch us for the next few moments. Lord, not the words of the pastor, but the words of the Spirit might speak to individuals. And all across this land on this broadcast, I pray the Lord be glorified. In His name, Jesus, I pray it. Amen. The Word declares that God is no respecter of person. God did, however, choose Israel to be an example nation to the world. Fifteen great covenants of which you and I are privileged to be a part of the last one that we share, the new covenant. Thank God there is a new covenant, New Testament in the Bible. Amen? Thank God for it. Through fifteen covenants, fourteen, it's now the fifteenth, Israel's history, we... We experience their struggles in the flesh. And I want to tell you, the devil's the same devil and people are the same. And how many of you know that Satan knows exactly how to get to you? I say he's an expert marksman and he can fire at us and we know quite well. So through Israel's history, we can experience their struggles with the flesh. And the Bible chronicles their obedient times that was followed by blessing. We, we saw as they obeyed to leave Israel and how He blessed them with miracles. Then they backslid. But we also see their disobedient times followed by judgment. And Israel's leaders would come and go. 
Many times their godly leaders would give their nation a final charge, and we read it. Moses said, in essence, God gave us this law. I want you to remember God. I want to say to America and the world today, remember God. Moses said, keep His commandments. His commandments. Not our own way, not, not, the, not, not human design of some law, or not just what's right in our, our wicked hearts. You can't follow a wicked heart. You can only follow a twice-born heart. Amen. Today the message, just follow your heart, just follow your heart. If that heart hadn't been redeemed and washed in the blood of Christ, I wouldn't follow it. I'd follow the Spirit of the Lord. He said, remember God, keep His commandments. Here comes Joshua. He set up a large stone memorial to remind the nations their oath, the nation of their oath to God. And he said, as Moses did, remember God. As a matter of fact, 147 times in Holy Writ, the Holy Spirit uses the word remember. Remember. How many of you are glad for memory? Aren't you glad you don't wake up every day in a whole entirely new world? How many of you are glad your mate remembers you on the morning <laughs> and the next day and the next day? What a gift from God our memories are. Isn't it amazing? Just think about it. Uh, if you look uh, way down deep inside your heart, there's a treasure house of memories, some of them that only you can open. There's a place where only you and the Spirit of God go. The rest of the world is kept out except for those whom you invite in. And I will declare to you, not all memories are pleasant. Some memories are tinged with tears. How many know? And yet some memories are joyous and beyond, I would say, the purchase power of anything. Memory is a great gift. Without it, we would stumble through our world. We would be filled with terror and confusion, unable to profit from anything we experienced before. We ought to just stop and say, God, thank you for a good mind and a memory. We, if we, without it, we wouldn't even remember that water could quench our thirst. That's how wonderful memory is. Without it, we might not even remember which light was the one to go on and the one to stop on. You understand? Well, some young drivers don't know that yet, but you will. You. <laughs> I tell these teenagers, I want to know when you're on the road, I want to be off of it for about 60 days. I'm, next Sunday, we're going we're gonna to remember our graduates. It's going to be a great time. It's important to have a memory. We might forget what our mailbox is for. A lot, some people like to forget things like toothbrushes and, you know, things like that. Yet, in all of that, we have a tendency to forget things. Even important things are forgotten. If we do not purposely set some mental reminders aside, we can forget some good things. Our nation 
sets a holiday called Memorial Day every year. It's to keep us mindful of the great sacrifices. Multiple thousands of young men and others made so that you and I can enjoy freedom in America this very moment to be in this sanctuary. It's easy to forget it. And I don't mean just hundreds. I mean multiple thousands. For the shadow of the war between the states, from it came what was called Decoration Day, and it emerged by the year 1868, May 30th, was set aside to decorate the graves of soldiers throughout the land. We're here today because somebody paid the price. I want you to listen, especially to the commentary. Listen to the commentary. thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them, what they did, and why they had to be brave for us. served our nation in the armed forces, would you please stand in this sanctuary? If you served in the military, would you please stand in the sanctuary? Or you are serving. Let's let them know. Thank you for your service. When I got drafted through the United States Army, I was scared to death. 
I thought it was a death sentence. And to millions, perhaps, it was through the years. How quickly we forget. We forget how much we owe our country. We forget how God has blessed our country. I think we even, on a home front, and personal basis, we forget how much we owe our parents. I want to declare to you, the older I get, the more I appreciate my parents. A forgetful heart, ladies and gentlemen, will soon become a foolish heart. And we are most foolish when we forget how much we owe to our God. The very breath you breathe this moment, the very beat of your heart, is God sustaining you for a purpose here on this planet. Let us not forget from whom we have our life and in whom we live and have our being. I want to mention four brief things about something our nation should remember today. And I want to speak to America, but to the world, but especially our nation and to we who are Christians. I think it's time to say we should remember the greatness and the glory of our God. John said, God is light and in him there is no darkness. Think about that. John is saying the man or the woman, young person who knows God and looks to him will never be disappointed in God's character. And God has no limitation. He's all light and no darkness. I can serve a God like that. I don't serve a moody God. I don't serve a God that's not the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what that means? He is consistent. And when you come to him, he is the same always. He's not fickle. He's not afraid. He's not going to suddenly change things and that's it. Aren't you glad you can depend on God? God is holy. What does that mean, Pastor? It means God's character. It means His personality. The essence of His being is always in perfect balance. You and I, we, we sometimes have too much temper. Don't we? We sometimes have too little courage. Sometimes we may be too strict. If my two sons were here and they wanted to, they'd say, Amen, Dad. <laughs> sometimes we're too strict. Sometimes we're fickle. We're too indulgent. Sometimes we're too opinionated. I didn't hear an amen there. I did, not a one. But elbows may fly. All of that is not so with God. God is a just God, and yet He is gracious. He is an impartial God, and yet He is truly loving. For centuries, men have always built their own gods, and I say small g when I say that. And for centuries, here's something. Think about this. Here's something amazing. This merciful, long-suffering, patient God, He permits men to make their own gods for centuries. To build their own idols. Some of wood, some of stone, some of gold, some of intellectual concepts. Yet none of these ever 
change the unchanging God of it all. I've seen people in the Orient traveling. and I see some missionaries here today. I know that I've seen people take six months salary and crawl on their knees on concrete and present it to the Lord, to their God. And all it is is a piece of concrete or a piece of wood. I've seen in foreign countries men and women who would scar and mar their bodies to a God that's only in the mind of someone. The point is that if you know God, and you really know God, not just about God, but if you really know who He is, I want to tell you something about this God. When you really know Him, you are compelled in the innermost being to love Him, and to honor Him, and to remember Him, and to worship Him. Because as we sing this morning, He and He only is worthy of all the glory. Set Him above all else. Saints, while we're in this late hour, and we witness all the digressions of a sinful world, and the debauchery, and the things that we see happening, while I believe it's the late hour, and we experience, listen, that the last few weeks there's a hopelessness about this wicked Toward generation, the scripture calls it. During that process, for all the saints, for all those twice born, for all of you on Facebook who know the Lord, let us remember our God by it all remains total light and in Him there is no darkness. I serve a God of light. And can I say, let this truth cause us to reverence Him all the more as we see this day approaching. I want to say, America, it's time to remember God. Remember from whence you came. Remember the Judeo-Christian values which brought the greatest nation on this planet that's ever been and still is, but we had better remember God. Secondly, Remember the rights of God. Oh my. We're in a day of voices that defend human rights. We hear so much about criminal rights and racial rights and women's rights and children's rights and even animals' rights. I'm just going to tell you something. I know I shouldn't say this. I know it's out here in the public. I, it, I disparage when we take a good Christian song and place it on animals to mooch money out of a society that can be manipulated emotionally. Pastor, you don't like animals? I love animals and I think they should be well cared for. But we talk about everybody's rights but one. How about, how about the rights of the Creator? How about the rights of the Redeemer? Does God have a right to expect obedience? Does God have a right to be trusted? Does he have a right to be worshipped? Does God have a right over his creation? 
Let me answer it all. You better believe he does. You better believe he does. Today, by and large, we tend to ignore God's rights. We even tend today in our society to ignore God's words. We tend to choose our own prerogatives. On this Memorial Day holiday, let me remind us of Revelation 4. Do not miss this. The scene in heaven reveals something. It's the eternal. When this is all over, that's how we're going to live if we're in the kingdom. Look at this scene in heaven, Revelation 4. It is there where you see angels and seraphim and cherub and elders all singing in one voice. Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For you, God, thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they were created. Saints, remember the glory of God and God's rights. Secondly, remember the judgments of God. This bothers us a little bit. It's a pretty unpopular word today, anything about judgment. Can I just tell you, though, judgment speaks of getting things right. Judgment is correction and even punishment, or it is absolute truth. No wonder we don't want to know anything about absolute truth and consider it today in this modern society and modern intellect because there are absolute truths, but we do not want to be held accountable to an absolute truth. Ladies and gentlemen, let it be plainly said, God will punish sin. So many think today because it hasn't happened quickly or directly that they haven't received the wrath of God for the wrongdoing, then it's okay. Young people, mom, dad, grandparents, God is patient. I preached it a week or two ago. Beyond our ability and beyond our understanding, our God is patient. But Eden and Adam and Eve... And the curse of sin that is on this planet till this day tells us that God will not wink at sin. The day's going to come when God says it's enough. And before you get all upset and blaming God for it, the covenant was, if you'll do this, I'll bless you. But if you disobey and you do not do this, like forget me and, and not serve me, then you bring upon yourself this just judgment. Better be careful what you place blame on God for. Amen. Before the end of the flood, watch it, God waited. God had mercy and grace before the flood for a hundred twenty years. Each day of a hundred and twenty years was an opportunity for that people for repentance. But the day came when God closed the door of the ark. Revelation 6 tells us this. Kings and the great and the rich and the mighty and the slaves and the free will hide themselves one day in the near future in caves calling on the mountains and the rocks and they will say, fall on us, fall on us. Hide us from the face of Him that sits on the throne from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of His wrath is come and who will be able to stand? Ladies and gentlemen, that message still needs to be preached in a late day whether it's accepted or not. 
Saints, remember the sovereign judgments of God and witness every day while we're in this covenant of mercy, His mercy and His grace. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Saints, remember and speak it because somebody's eternity may be depending upon you. And lastly is this. Remember, that brings us to this. Remember the love and the grace of God. God is holy. God is just. But He reached down to us in pure love and in pure grace and in pure mercy. I love Revelation 1. So many of you have heard me say it. Watch the order. He loved us. He washed us. He made us. He didn't wash us in order to love us and then try to make something. Even in our worst condition, He loved me. He washed me. And He'd been working on me. And you might not think I'm much, and you're right, but I'm a heap better than I used to be. (laughs) Remember the love and the grace of God. Psalm 103. I love this word. And talk about long-suffering. Listen. Psalm 103 declares, He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor redeemed us according to our iniquities. Don't ever say God has not given enough mercy and enough grace. Generation 2020, I'm closing. Thank you for not doubting me. So many never settle. So many never settle their account with God. Life is not just food and drink. It's not just about an automobile, a place of employment, not just about a home, not just about raising families, marriages and vacations. Life is preparation for eternity. And you can live here and exist for 70 years and you can enjoy all of that and still miss eternity in heaven with a loving Father. I want to remind us today, Generation 2020, remember God's glory. Remember God has rights because He created us. Remember God's judgments because God has to put it in an even balance. And I look forward to the day, to be honest with you, when God says to a murderer, to someone who's beaten a child, to someone who's abused a wife or a child enough I look forward to that day pastor don't you love God don't you love them absolutely they've made a choice I didn't they don't even know what I just said we can so we can so shift things today to we another message another day I want us to remember God's amazing grace it flows today America I think COVID-19 may be a wake-up call. Let's remember God. But right now, let's remember above all things His grace and His mercy. Come to Him, we read the Scripture, and live now, and can I say, forevermore. Forevermore. I've said so many times, God doesn't do a patch-up job. I remember... I was listening to the radio this week and one of the ministers that I have tremendous respect for 
gone on with be with the Lord. Another denomination than us, but I'm going to tell you, heaven is going to surprise us, maybe. And maybe know there's God's people everywhere. You were talking about, do you believe children can be saved? The question came, do you believe young children can be saved? And I, I perked up because I love this man. I love his ministry. I'm going to see him someday in the glory world. And I went, oh, I, I really want to know what he says about this. And oh my, he gave a superbly theological answer. And he said, a child has a tender heart. And a child knows right and wrong. And if he presents that in faith to the Lord, you better believe God will save a young child. I remember the day in a town called Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, at First Assembly of God. I do not remember the message. I just remember sitting on the third seat. Remember the old one before slap? That, that's how far I go back. I remember the Lord speaking to me. I got up and went to an altar like you see here. I knelt down. I remember it as vivid as I can. I remember I said, Lord, I need you to save me. I remember that day when I was five years old. And let me tell you, I've been saved a thousand times since then. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the grace. I'm talking about the mercy of a God who picks me up every time I fall. It's come on, son, let's make another journey. Come on, son, let's make another chapter. Come on, son. You're the reason I died. 